Likutei Sichais, Parshas Kiseitzei, Chelek Chavdalad, Sicha Aleph. In this week's Torah portion, immediately following the Torah instruction regarding a ben Saramur, a wayward and rebellious son, the Torah tells us, that if a man commits a sin for which he is sentenced to death, after his sentence is carried out, he shall then be hung on a tree. In connection to this verse, the Arizal, in eulogizing his master, the great Moshe Cordovero, explained this verse to mean that if one dies, but there was no reason for his death, in other words, using the words chet mishpat moves to mean a lack of a reason for his death, he did nothing wrong to warrant his passing, he had no sin, hang it, as in blame his passing, on the tree of knowledge which brought the decree of death. This seems to at least superficially support the idea that is spoken of in the tractate of Shabbos, where the Talmud questions the statement, four died due to the serpent, and not due to sin. In other words, due to the cunning of the serpent and the resulting event of the sin of the tree of knowledge, death was decreed on all of mankind. And so it was regarding the death of Ramosha Cordovero, whose death was only due to the tree, in other words, the tree of knowledge. This explanation of the Arizal doesn't only support the discussion in the Talmud that states that four died only due to the venomous advice of the serpent, but in fact also presents a novel approach in understanding death. Let's preface this discussion of this approach of the Arizal by first explaining the difference between these two things, the Talmud, says they, the four, died by the venom or advice of the serpent. The Arizal teaches that death without sin can be blamed on the tree. But these are not only two different expressions, but also two different contexts. The advice the serpent gave to Hava to eat from the tree of knowledge is a wholly negative and even evil event. He advised her to sin. The words in the verse hang him on a tree, and the Arizal's explanation, blame the death of the completely sin-free on the tree, is a reference only to the object by which Adam came to sin. The tree itself is essentially blameless and not in itself a negative. In fact, on the verse that tells us in chapter 3 of Genesis that Adam and Eve now, after the sin, knew they were naked, and they covered themselves with girdles of fig leaves, which they sewed together, Rashi tells us that these fig leaves came from the tree with which they had sinned. In other words, it was a fig tree, which is one of the trees with which the land of Israel is praised. As well, the name of the tree is the tree of knowledge, a tree that brings knowledge. And even if we were to talk about the sin that the tree could bring one to, this was a possibility limited to the three hours left in the day until the Shabbos, which means that the Arizal is referring to a really distant possible cause of death, a possibility via the tree and not the actual sin that did occur with the tree that resulted in the decree of death for humankind. Put another way, 
And as the Medrash Tanchoma explains it, it was during creation that God considered that there should be death in the world, which is why the angel of death was created on the very first day of creation. But due to, in the words of King David, in chapter 66 of Tehillim, the great machinations of God in his dealings with mankind, God made it so that death would be, would be a direct result of man's actions. It was from God himself that the evil inclination, in the form of the serpent in the garden, incited Adam to sin. Hence the challenge of the Garden of Eden. God placed this challenge in Adam's path, putting Adam in the Garden of Eden with every tree pleasant to see and good to eat, and the warning that from this tree do not eat. For when you will eat from it, most you must, death will come to the world on that day. This is the tree that can lead to that. Therein lies the difference between these two things, death by the advice of the serpent and blame it on the tree. The idea of death by the advice of the serpent that is discussed in the Talmud, which is Nigla de Torah, revealed Torah, speaks about death as it manifests in reality, death revealed. The idea, however, of hang it, blame it on the tree, that is revealed by the Arizal when he eulogized Rav Moshe Cordovero, reflects the, reflects the world of the revelation of the esoteric part of Torah. And this in turn reflects the inner dimension of Torah that teaches how it was the challenge of the tree, of the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden, that God placed before Adam, put there in order to fulfill his intention for creation. On a deeper level, this discussion about these two ideas, the advice of the serpent and the blame on the tree, are connected with two kinds of tzaddikim. Those who died at the advice of the serpent are so righteous that their death occurs only because of the sin of the tree. But there is a category of tzaddik who is not affected by the advice of the serpent and only because of God's original desire and intention for this world, which manifests as death through the tree, do they experience death. The Alter Rebbe explains the idea of death by the advice of the serpent in regards to the four mentioned in the Talmud, saying that though they were completely righteous, some remnant of the moral contamination that the snake affected Hava with remains unobliterated, unexpunged. What is this unexpunged venom of the serpent as it exists in man? It's the struggle of the ego, or man's orientation towards self. In other words, the advice of the serpent means that the primordial sin of the tree of knowledge affected a deficiency even within the righteous, and this is a cause for death. But the deficiency or the defect isn't in the tzaddik, it's caused by the serpent who brought this impurity into the world. The effect of laying blame on the tree is qualitatively better than the venom brought by the serpent, because the stain of a sin only ever can affect the very external of a Jew. Never does a sin impact a Jew's inner wholeness. And even while a Jew sins, the divine soul always believes in the one God 
and remains faithful to him. In fact, one's divine soul completely transcends the entire experience of sin. Thereby, we can also understand the impurity of the serpent through the primordial sin. The impurity impacted only the external reality of the Jew, but never his inner core. Therefore, when a Jew really feels and experiences his inner soul, his immanent soul, so much so that it encompasses his externals, there can be no death because of the venom of the serpent. Ego is banished through the revelation of this light. This is what the Arizal is saying. When a person dies and there is lack of any ego, it is just because God created man to experience death in this world. Now we can better understand the connection of this particular lesson to the Arizal and to Rav Moshe Cordovero, who revealed the innermost parts of Torah. By revealing the inner esoteric part of Torah, they revealed the innermost soul of a Jew, unaffected by and transcending the advice of the serpent. And the esoteric Torah is a tree of life way beyond the tree of good and bad. Now from the time of the Arizal, it is, as the Arizal taught, a mitzvah to reveal the esoteric part of Torah, and this too has been revealed to us, so as the Alter Rebbe teaches in the Yeras HaKadosh, despite our deficiencies, and though we may ask, who is the man and where is he who should dare presume in his heart to approach and attain even a thousandth part of the degree of love felt by Moses, the faithful shepherd, nevertheless a minute portion and a particle of his great goodness and light illuminates the community of Israel in every generation. And thus, this study is for every Jew. And in our discussion, this knowledge is even more relevant. When death comes by the serpent's advice, meaning there's no sin other than one's inability to expunge the impurity of the serpent, man's orientation towards self, which affects only the external and revealed parts of ourselves, the parts that others see. Perfection or wholeness of an individual in his revealed self is a level of expectation only of very few and not an expectation of every average person. But the lack of reason for death at all, where death occurs only because God's intention for this world includes death and the soul remains pure, that part of us that ego does not touch or impact is the same for every Jew because every Jew's innermost reality, whoever it may be, and whatever situation one may find oneself, transcends the stain of sin, transcending it to the point where it's obvious in the external daily life of a Jew. An example of this in Jewish law would be that if a Jewish court mandates that a person bring a particular sacrifice and the individual openly and adamantly refuses to do as the Jewish court is ruled, the individual is forced until he himself agrees that he wants to, and this is considered by Torah law to be his absolute truth. This is true for each of us. Our absolute truth is our innermost desire revealed through the innermost teachings of Torah in our day and age when the revelations of these teachings are a mitzvah. We understand these teachings first in the Chabad of our souls,
and then eventually our imminent truth becomes a revealed reality completely. When these wellsprings of our soul engulf the outer reality of a person, no sin can penetrate. The ultimate and practical lesson from all of this is that there needs to be an outpouring of these wells of Panemia Satera, of the innermost teachings of Torah, so much so that they are revealed in a flow to the outer banks of reality, to our outermost experience, to every Jew, for the lowliest Jew too, because every Jew in his innermost being is bound up with these wellsprings of Torah. It's through this specifically, through this study with this very Jew, despite the need to repeat frequently what is said, the need to say it in a way that will be understood by him in his current state of reality, it will nevertheless awaken his innermost soul and raise him up from his present spiritual reality. Undertaking this task allows us to nullify our sins, the ones for which we were exiled from our land, the only reason really for this long exile, and thus to nullify exile itself and to hasten the arrival of the true and complete redemption through our righteous Redeemer Mashiach, may it be speedily in our days, Mamash.